Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. Do you want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. It is a pleasure to be back on the air with you. And I wish the circumstances were better. I, I sure do. Um, well, once again, my predictions actually... Fairly close to what I uh, had. The Vikings played slightly better. I had the Buffalo Bills winning 17-10. to 17-10 going into this game last week. Uh, the Buffalo Bills win 17-16. to <laughs> So I was right about the 17 part for Buffalo. I was also right about the possibility, the probability that the Vikings could win the game should they get multiple turnovers from the Buffalo Bills. Well, they got four turnovers from the Buffalo Bills, and they still, just still couldn't manage to win this game. An incredible amount of frustration, an incredible amount of anger all around, uh, from all sides. It's just ridiculous. Uh, There's a lot to say about this one, but I'm going to try to keep it as brief as I can without going too far, without rambling too much on it, because... I don't know. It's like, what do you want to do? You'd want to just you want to just dwell on the negative all the time. Well, maybe we have to, <laughs> because the Vikings couldn't just couldn't manage to to hold this one off with a second remaining. They just couldn't do it. Couldn't make one single bleep and play to stop the Buffalo Bills final drive of the game. Just just unbelievable. Dare we just jump right into that? Nah, we'll we'll get there. Teddy Bridgewater, well. I still say he's better than Christian Ponder. I'm definitely going to say that. Uh, Kyle Orton <laughs> certainly looked like a non-factor until the last uh, last drive or so of the game. Still manages to complete 31 of 43 passes, 72 percent. Can't make the stops when 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 need be. Uh, Vikings offensive line well, slightly better today. Slightly, slightly better, giving up only five sacks today. Oh, is, is that all? Yeah, that's that's all. Vikings did manage to get six, though. Three of them, in fact, from Everson Griffin, who now leads the Minnesota Vikings with seven sacks on the season. And he's one of the NFL leaders. In fact, he may be the NFL leader as of right now with seven sacks on the season. So, Everson Griffin absolutely uh, filling the role of Jared Allen in a very, very good way. The Minnesota Vikings look to have made a wonderful decision in that 
category by electing to sign Everson Griffin and let Jared Allen walk. Uh, obviously, you want to go with the younger guy and everything, but, you know, there's some risk involved in that. Some. I mean, you kind of figured with more playing time, a bigger role, like full, full-time full starting um, right end, you figured he's, he's got a chance to rack up the sacks, and, well, he's doing that. He's, he looks to have a very, very <laughs> strong season in the books uh, come the end of this season anyway. Wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Everson Griffin with around 15 sacks on the season, and that's fantastic. That's great, but <laughs> this offense has been sputtering way too much, and the defense looked good pretty much the whole game. Pretty much the whole game. But when do you need to make a stop? Well, maybe the final drive of the game when you're you're up by six points with about two two well three minutes remaining. Did the Vikings make a stop? No, they they just didn't make a stop. They had so many opportunities to make a stop as in this one on that final drive, and they just couldn't get it done. Just just flat couldn't. Um, Vikings couldn't get first down several times as well in this game. Third down efficiency, 5 of 16, nothing special. 4 of 12 for Buffalo. Fourth down efficiency, though, for Buffalo, 1 of 1. Vikings never actually went for it on fourth down in this game, but the Bills, 1 of 1. <laughs> and that 1 of 1 pretty much spelled doom and gloom. But the Vikings still could have made stops along the way. That wasn't necessarily the the end of the game, but it sure was deflating. Oh, it was. Oh, it was. Wouldn't you wouldn't you just know would wouldn't you just imagine if this was the Super Bowl one day, Minnesota and Buffalo, and it would end this way, a one point loss. <laughs> the loser gets the fifth Super Bowl. Oh and five in the Super Bowl. The winner finally ends their, you know, misfortune in the big game. Wouldn't wouldn't that just be a shocker? No, it wouldn't. And a lot of the people on Twitter, Facebook, and all over the place, all across the country, and even the world would tell you they weren't surprised that the Vikings couldn't f- complete that drive, couldn't couldn't stop the Bills, just couldn't get it done, couldn't stop the fourth down, certainly couldn't stop the goal line stand on the last play of the game. No, just just couldn't get it done. Oh boy, mm, what a what a what a bummer! What a horrible finish! Lots of cursing to go around, lots of frustration. Mm. Ugh, this is just one of those games you go home thinking, you know, you, we probably should have won this one, without a doubt. Buffalo Bills are now four and three on the season, if you can believe that. The Vikings two and five, two and five. And it's like it just kills you because you know it should be better than that. It it should be at least three and four, but it is what it is. You got to think. I mean, you know what's crazy? What if the Vikings beat Detroit and Buffalo? Could you do you realize the Vikings would be four and three right now? Isn't that weird when you think about that? Isn't that crazy? I mean, that that's football for you. Not a pretty game in any way, in any stretch of the imagination, other than well, two defensive lines. Looking extremely good along the way. Mario Williams looking really good for Buffalo. Everson Griffin really good for Minnesota. But you also have uh, defensive players besides Mario Williams out there getting the stops. Jerry Hughes, Marcel Darius also getting sacks in this one. Mario Williams only one sack but a pass deflected. Um, McKelvin with two pass deflections and two interceptions in this game. Uh, the first of Teddy Bridgewater's interceptions fairly early in the game was actually, uh, well, I mean, it was an ill-advised pass, kind of forced in there, 
but it was another one of those bounce off a guy's helmets, and then, oh, it just happened to go right to the safety. Yay, isn't that great? Yeah. Mm. The second one, though, yeah, I mean, another just kind of a forced play. Really, that was a bad interception. Ended up giving the Buffalo Bills just uh, <laughs> Buffalo Bills the lead in the game. But the good news in this game, if you want to look for some positives, there are some. There are. And we're going to at least talk about the positives for the time being, and then we can go right back into the negatives, because I know there's some negativity in this game, without a doubt. <laughs> can you imagine that? Gee, you think? Um, well, one positive is Jarek McKinnon reached the century mark rushing today for the second time in his career, in his young career. That's wonderful, along of 29, along the way, 4.5.4 a carry, by the way. Yeah, looking more and more like a starting running back in this league, despite just how raw he is. And he's, you know, he's looking really, really solid, without a doubt. But no, Teddy Bridgewater, the point of points here, the positive of positives, despite how poor Teddy Bridgewater started this game out, I mean, he started out awful. Looked like right, like looked like he left where he came, <laughs> picked up where he left off, if I could speak properly, picked up where he left off from the Detroit game. Just looked awful for quite a while there, but after that second interception, Teddy Bridgewater immediately leads the Vikings on a charge down, and eventually his first touchdown pass of his career wasn't the kind of touchdown pass you'd hope to see, like a back corner of the end zone or into the center of the end zone, whatever, just like throwing it into the end zone and catch. No, it was kind of a short pass to uh, <laughs> Cordero, who caught it kind of almost like posted up, almost like a basketball play, and then spun around the defender into the end zone. Hey, we'll take it. It's the first touchdown pass of Bridgewater's career, doggone it. And it was a very impressive drive by Teddy Bridgewater. A couple of nice uh, completions to Greg Jennings along the way. That led to the first down, including Jarius Wright. Led to first downs, moving the chains. But like 15-yard gains, not like, you know, one-yard gains. Which is what we've been seeing way too much of so far. Uh, and, well, I guess we'll call it Norv Turner's offense, because it is what it is. <laughs> um, very, 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 very conservative uh, approach with Teddy Bridgewater. At least they're letting him throw the ball. Where Ponder, most of the time, they didn't even want him to throw the ball. <laughs> most of the time they didn't, and understandably... So at least they have some faith in Teddy Bridgewater. It did scare me a little bit, though, to see him forcing some plays. Uh, forcing some plays that led to that to led to interceptions. Obviously, the second one very much, uh, very Ponder-like. And no, I'm not comparing him to Christian Ponder. Just saying that one single play was Ponder-like. Kind of throwing the ball, despite the fact, despite if there's a play to be made or not. He's just trying to. Make a play. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make the play if you like it or not. But, yeah, guess what? It was a, it was another interception. And it was a pretty bad one that helped Buffalo take the lead. He's like, uh-oh, Buffalo's up 7 nothing now. Or 7-3 to now. But then Bridgewater, yep, taking him down. I mean, very, very cool. Very cool. So that's the positive of the whole game, i got to think. At least, no, it's not the positive of the whole game. But it's a positive for the franchise moving forward. It, it gives us hope that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be something of a quarterback in this league. Christian Conner is not the type of guy that would do something like that. So, um, that that's encouraging. At least he's going to be better than him. <laughs> Beyond that, we shall see. 
Uh, lots of indicators, obviously, in the couple weeks back against Atlanta that you would believe that Teddy Bridgewater has a much better career than Christian Ponder. You saw the types of passes from Teddy Bridgewater that you never would see out of Christian, and you saw that today as well. The fact of the matter is Teddy Bridgewater is under center too early in his career. That is a fact. Like it or not, it is a fact. But unfortunately, circumstances force things to be where they are today. And that's Teddy Bridgewater starting at quarterback. It's just flat too early. It is what it is. You're going to see signs of what could be. And you're going to see signs of what you really don't want to see. (laughs) You're not going to like what you see. You're going to see a bit of both. And that's because... Again, Teddy Bridgewater is too is a bit raw. Obviously, he's a bit raw coming into this league. Just like we saw in the preseason, even though it got better. The encouraging part was that second quarter drive. But after that, you know, he was alright, but nothing special. That was the frustrating part. But it certainly didn't help that he had very, very little time to get rid of the ball. There were multiple times Teddy Bridgewater... Might have had a play to a Cordero Patterson, to a Greg Jennings, to a Jarius Wright, but he was sacked. There's nothing you can do. He's sacked. I mean, it's not like he could just wave a magic wand and then, hey, all the Buffalo Bills are gone. No, it doesn't work that way. Unfortunately. So, what really... The root of the problem still remains the offensive line. Matt Khalil is not good. He is not a good left tackle in this league. Should the Vikings move him to right tackle? Look to draft a left tackle. That was brought up in some of the post-game shows out there. AM 1500 and KFAN. Ultimately, yeah, I mean, the offensive line needs to be addressed. Uh, but the crappy part is, several players have been hurt. <laughs> it's like, what can you do? You got Vlad Dikas out there? Oh, but then he gets hurt. I mean, are, are you kidding? <laughs> Sullivan gets hurt today with the groin. Or concussion, actually. Concussion, pardon me. He gets hurt, and, well, Joe Berger's finally playing. That's good. I mean, maybe he should have been in there anyway instead of bad Vlad, and, yeah, emphasis on bad Vlad. Um, But now Sullivan's hurt. Possible concussion. Yay. Great. That's just fantastic. Woohoo. And then Matt Khalil is what he is. Do you look to move him to a uh, possible right tackle or even left guard or right guard, whatever it is, maybe. It may come to that (laughs) next year. (laughs) Yeah, next year. This year, what are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) Not much. Not much. Uh, More reason to say that it really sucks that Teddy Bridgewater's, as much as it's nice to see him out there, Teddy Bridgewater's out there too early. He's just flat out there too early. He's facing... Elite defensive lines with a horrendous offensive line in front of him. Very, very, very poor circumstances for Teddy Bridgewater. And you hope and pray, hope and pray to God (laughs) that this does not affect his long-term future in this league. Something tells me this kid is stronger mentally, obviously, than a Christian Ponder, but others out there as well. That he, there's something going on in the head of of Teddy Bridgewater that he is going to survive this. That's the positive I'm getting out of this game. I'll get to the other. I'll get to some more negatives here in a second. But I also got to mention <laughs> the Buffalo Bills. Well, yeah, they look good. Obviously, the defensive line looks wonderful, and I talked about that. 
They're four and three. They have a shot at making the postseason. Kyle Orton, definitely nothing special and a bit more erratic than I would expect from a guy that once upon a time with Chicago Bears was much more of a game manager type. A boring type of quarterback that just didn't get you killed, but was okay. You know, maybe even above average at times. But man, I mean, the last few weeks, he's been a bit erratic. Like he was against uh, New England last week, and he was a bit wild today. A little bit, but ultimately he was very clutch when he needed to be. Yeah, that was his eighth fourth quarter comeback to lead to a victory, unfortunately. But uh, back to some other negatives. Now that I've talked about the Buffalo Bills to a point. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> What the heck is up with the running backs getting hurt over there, too? I mean, you got Fred Jackson with a groin. C.J. Spiller almost right away after some good runs with a shoulder injury. So, kind of feeling for him there, yet... (laughs) Well, Dixon was able to get some yards up the middle against the Vikings. Uh, Quite unfortunate. (laughs) He managed to... Well, he was solid. I mean, he ran the ball 13 times, 51 yards. That's not bad. Um, His long was only 12. You know, I mean, if your long is only 12, you still are averaging about four yards a carry. That's solid. I mean, that's at least a good third down back in this lady. Made a name for himself out there a bit. Anthony Dixon. Gotta like that. Fred Jackson, yeah. I mean, Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller hurt. And I remember just during the week, there were even people talking about the Vikings should trade for C.J. Spiller. Well, now you probably can't do that. But also... Jarek McKinnon's the best of the bunch, man. <clears throat> He's better than Spiller, Dixon, and Fred Jackson. Okay, maybe. I, th- I think he could be. Matt Asiata definitely is going to be a... Uh, I I think he's at least a third down back in this league, not a starter. One other stat, though, that's pretty amazing is Jerome Felton finally getting to rush, getting to run the ball. It's about time. They actually let him run once. The first carry, nothing. The second carry, 21 yards. Kind of cool. Kind of cool indeed. Kind of cool, yeah. But uh, let's get to the negative point that's driving me nuts, and and that's Cordero Patterson. Yeah, he had his moments today. He looked all right. But it just seems like he's... It's like you want to just say, okay, it's the hip injury. He's not explosive right now because of it. But something's just not there with this guy, man. And, And it's driving me nuts. I mean, okay, hip hip injuries can definitely be a problem, but I'm telling you, I mean, if, if he's hurt to a point that he can't do this and that, should he even be playing? How about you just sit out and heal up? Otherwise, if you're healthy enough to be playing, make a bleeping play. I mean, you want the ball so bad, why don't you make a play? He did get targeted several times in this game, and he didn't make a play, and it's really frustrating. Well, he got targeted four times, but still, that's more than nothing. And he only made two catches. It felt like he was targeted more than that. In fact, a lot more. But there's one play. He could have won the game. He could have won the game the, the last time the Vikings actually had the ball. Because Buffalo was able to run the clock down to zero seconds. <laughs> no, one second. Woohoo. No, zero seconds. They were able to, No, it was one second. Look at me. I'm going crazy. Sorry. And yeah, because the Vikings did get a chance to return a kickoff after that stinking touchdown. But now Cordero Patterson's bugging me right now. It, it just, you're just seeing, you're seeing some of that Randy Moss syndrome where he just, he doesn't seem like he's playing hard every play. I could be wrong, and you can say what you want. That's why we're here, and that we do have a call today on this show. Maybe even another one will pop up here before I'm done. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but there's at least one call. 
We will get to that in segment number three. Not this one. Not this segment. Of course not. But um, the guy is just not going after the ball like you would you would hope. Teddy Bridgewater overthrew the ball very slightly. But if Cordero Patterson was explosive as you'd like him as you'd like to believe, or if he just it's just something's missing with the guy. I, I I you wanna believe it's just the injury, but at the same time make a damn play, please. Just just make a play, for God's sakes. He had nine yards today. Nine. Nine. Um and yes, it's not his fault that most of the time the ball's thrown his way. It's like a one-yard gain. And that goes for everybody. <laughs> Some of Greg Jennings' catches were for like one yard, or a couple of them are actually for negative yards because Bridgewater was going backwards trying to get rid of the ball, and he ended up throwing to whoever was open. Got to like the chemistry, though, with Greg Jennings and, and Wright when Bridgewater was starting to show signs of something out there. But Cordero Patterson, there there really ain't much chemistry between Bridgewater and Patterson, and that's not a good sign. These are two guys that you you were hoping you're hoping there's going to be some serious chemistry at some point, if this team is going to have a long term future in this league, particularly with Teddy Bridgewater and Cordero Patterson, star quarterback, star receiver. Yeah, you think that might be important? <clears throat> you think that might be important? But yeah, like like I said, the good news is though, Jerry's right and Greg Jennings, yeah, there is chemistry with those guys. <laughs> Targeted four times, caught four times, Jerry's right. Nice uh they just they're they're just in rhythm. And that happened uh against Atlanta as well. Not so much last week. <laughs> right, not as good last week. And Green Bay, that's pretty much you just throw that out, whatever. Greg Jennings Well, there was only one time he didn't catch the ball when he was targeted. You got it like that. Seven targets, six catches, 77 yards. Of course, no touchdown, but that 38-yard play later in the game, that was awesome. Awesome play. Gave us hope. It sure did. Uh, really, really got it like that. Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he, he has a chance. He, he still has a chance to be pretty good in this league, like I've been saying. Definitely um, hearing a lot of hate out there. And I'm not with everybody on that one. And no, it's not everybody. I'm not with the people that have been saying it. We'll say everybody that's been saying it. I'm not. I'm not really on your side. You gotta like the. I mean, you gotta like what you're seeing. At least signs out of Teddy Bridgewater. You're getting something because you look at the situation. The offensive line being as bad as it's been and the defensive lines that have been coming at him being like top two, three defensive lines in all of football coming at him. For him to be playing, for him to actually look decent and the fact that he's an absolute flat-out rookie, <laughs> extremely raw, getting thrust in the league like this, all that combination of things at the same time, for him to be able to do what he's been doing, it's encouraging. That's That's the part I like, so... That's pretty much what we can what we can what we can stand on when it comes to the hope for the future of this franchise. Because right now, there's a lot of hope riding on Teddy Bridgewater. If this Minnesota Vikings team is going to be successful long term, there is a lot of hope riding on Jarek McKinnon also. And yeah, you can draft running backs, you can trade for running backs, but hey, maybe we already have one. That's that's good news. That's very good news. 
that could end up being a hell of a draft pick for uh, Rick Spielman, who also has been under fire the past week or two. <laughs> you know, like, okay, the Christian Ponder mistake and other several other bad draft picks, which Matt Khalil might end up being one of them. Third overall pick. And I endorsed the living hell out of that pick. Because, I mean, who out there didn't believe <clears throat> that the Vikings would be set at, at left tackle for the next 10 to 15 years with Matt Khalil. That you had another Thomas. A la Cleveland. An anchor of that offensive line. You had another long out of St. Louis. Excuse me, Miami. To anchor that offensive line. Or in, in Orlando Pace. Guy like that. Or even what Corey Stringer was. God rest his soul. You thought you had it. You thought you had it. And gosh darn it, his rookie year sure looked positive. Made the Pro Bowl. Sure, he was a replacement, but hey, close enough. <laughs> right? Close enough. Second year? Nope. But it's just a sophomore slump. We'll throw that out. It's okay. He'll, he'll be ready to go in his quote-unquote junior year, his third year in the league. No, no, he's worse. He's, <laughs> he's worse. So, yeah, that's a huge problem. Rick Spielman, it's kind of hit and miss, isn't it? It kind of is. Other encouraging signs, yes. Yes, very much so. Xavier Rhodes and Josh Robinson continuing to look good, especially Xavier Rhodes. Continuing to look really good. Really incredibly encouraging. Those are good signs. So you got to come out with some positives in this game. But that last drive made me sick. And we're gonna I guess we're going to wrap up this uh, game review with the last drive. You give Buffalo the ball. The fact that the Vikings didn't go for it on fourth down, you figure, okay, go for it. I mean, maybe we can get the first down, for God's sakes, and keep running the clock. You went from seven minutes down to th- down to three. That's, that's nice. That's good. You burned four minutes. What if we get the first down? You elect a punt. I mean, okay, maybe you give the ball to the to the Buffalo Bills with decent field position, but if you fail. But at the same time, I mean, get that first down. The defense had been playing fairly well. What if you get the first down? What if we do? I mean, you know, what if we, and if we don't, you know, if we don't, you do, you show some faith in the defense and the offense in that situation. Like, okay, I trust our defense if we don't get this first down. But I trust their offense enough to get the first down. But you elect a punt. Um, I'm not too mad about it to a point, but at the same time, it's just, uh, I don't know, just there was something something missing with that play call, in my humble opinion. And some people out there might think I'm a moron, don't know what I'm talking about. But hey, you know what, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, it's an opinion. We'll never know what would have happened because it because nothing nothing did happen. It was not, there's nothing to talk about there because they never had a chance to go for it. But it was not <laughs> it was not it was not fourth and long. That's the point. I think the Vikings could have gotten that first down. I think there's a good chance. But you elect a punt, you give. Kyle Orton, who's been fairly sharp in the game. Nothing great, but sharp enough. 
to scare you at times. Three minutes, three minutes to to do something. But it's like, okay, our defense has been so good. We've been getting sacks. We've been making stops, getting the job done. We'll be okay. But then there's the first first down after they were on third down. <laughs> and then they very quickly got another first down. And then the next series... They get a they get a uh, they get a small gain. Next thing you know, there's a sack. It's like third and twenty. Then an incomplete pass, incomplete pass. Fourth and twenty. Man, just stop them. You know, maybe they'll make a short play or something. Stop them short of that fourth down, or maybe they'll drop the ball. Something. <laughs> uh, but no, no. Next thing you know, Chris Hogan. Uh, was catching, uh, who fumbled, by the way, in this game. One of four turnovers by the Buffalo Bills. Four bleeping turnovers, and we still don't win the game. But next thing you know, Horton's throwing a Favre-like pass, bullet, into Chris Hogan's numbers as he catches it in stride for a first down. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Just took the wind out of our sails. We were about to be so excited. You know, a nice, huge road win for the Vikings. Bridgewater looked adequate in the game. A a nice little building block for him. Nice building block for this season and and beyond. But no. Buffalo just marched down the field after that. Big play. Big completion. Takes the Buffalo Bills to the the one-yard line. (laughs) One-yard line, yep. Okay, sure. There's only like a couple seconds left in the game. They were running out of time at that point, so they had to spike it. Well, maybe they'll just drop the ball or they'll try to run and we'll knock them down to the ground. But boy, when I saw Arden ready to throw the ball instead of trying to do a running play, I, I, I just knew it. I just knew it because we weren't making stops. Chad Greenway was not there on that Chris Hogan play and he certainly wasn't there on the next play. Nor was anybody else. Just, just the, nobody was close enough to knock the ball down, get in the way, whatever it takes. Touchdown, Buffalo. Game over. Sammy Watkins, second touchdown of the game. Game over. <laughs> yeah, game over. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Just great. Spectacular. And, you know, Bridgewater was frustrated that the Vikings couldn't complete the drive earlier in the fourth quarter. Wound up with a 33-yard field goal. But at least we got, we're up 16-10. to 10. There was still a chance that we would hold off the Bills and win the game. And it looked like it was going to happen. Until that fourth and 20. Key play of the game, obviously. And sure, you have to finish it at the goal line. But just about everybody's like, who believes the Vikings are going to make this stop? No one. And no, they didn't. No, they didn't. And we're going to put the wraps in the game review with that because what more is there to say? I've said it all. You've said it all. Well, we'll get to what you say, but you have said it all. <laughs> and we'll get to it in the third segment. But with that, we'll take a quick break and we will move on to next week's predictions in the NFC North Roundup. Hey, crisp, cool days and fall colors are upon us. Nothing tastes better this time of year than Zombie Monkey by Tallgrass Beer from Manhattan, Kansas. Zombie Monkey is a robust porter with a lot of amazing flavors that you will love. 
Don't forget to try 8-Bit Pale Ale, which is the official beer of this podcast. When you see Pac-Man licking his chops, you found an amazing can and an even better beer. Check out the many other wonderful beers Tallgrass offers on their website at www.tallgrassbeer.com. Use their beer locator to see what's available in your area. You can follow Tallgrass on Twitter, at TallgrassMN, and like them on Facebook. Just simply search for Tallgrass Minnesota. Tallgrass Beer, bringing people together over a beer since 2007. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Purple Mafia on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. It's the uh, NFC North wrap-up, and of course, we're going to preview the Vikings in Tampa Bay next week. We'll see how that thing turns out. Who knows? That that game could be anywhere. God knows. I mean, the inconsistency of Tampa Bay and, well, you know the Vikings. Yeah, I don't know the Vikings. That's the problem. I can't, I can't figure them out, even though my predictions have been fairly spot-on for the most part in a lot of ways, certain aspects have been pretty spot-on. Like, you know, maybe we could get some turnovers and... Okay, you get the idea, but they still didn't win because they just don't know how to win, I guess. That's the problem. A team that does know how to win. The 5-2 and two Green Bay Packers beat the 3-3-1 uh, three, three and one Carolina Panthers, who were, uh, well, they were this year's team to tie this year with, uh, with Cincinnati. Last year was Minnesota and Green Bay, of all teams, with Christian Ponder for the Vikings and Matt Flynn for the Packers. That was something, wasn't it? That was a hell of a game. Man, Matt Flynn played in this one, too. Yeah, because they didn't really need to leave Aaron Rodgers out there for risk of any type of injury. 38-17, Packers roll over the Carolina Panthers, who at one point looked like a tough tough team. Not so much now. No, they, they really don't. This is in Lambeau Field. Aaron Rodgers, pretty much a perfect game. Yeah, pretty much. Completed 86%. 19 of 22. 255 yards. 3 touchdowns. Sacked only twice. Yeah, funny. Sacked only twice. Not 6 times. Not 5 times. Not 8 times. Not 15 times. Whatever the heck it is. With uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Christian Ponder, and Matt Castle. Due to the, the hologram line. The H line. That's what they are. They're not the offensive line. They're the, they're the hologram line. But anyhow, that was yeah, that was only minorly creative. Three touchdowns, 154.5 passer rating. Cam Cameron Newton, not so sharp in this one. Just over 50% completion percentage. Quarterback rating 72.6. A touchdown, an interception. And Derek Anderson entered this one, and he threw a touchdown late in the game to help the... Carolina Panthers score 17 instead of 10 points. Eh. Carolina non-factor in this one. Little resistance whatsoever. Green Bay just ran over the Panthers, passed over the Panthers, and ran over them as well. <laughs> Again, right? One touchdown for Eddie Lacy, one for James Starks as well. The third down back there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh, great. Eddie Lacy looking... Very solid. They didn't really they didn't really even use him that much. Only 12 rushes, but averaged over 5 a carry. James Starks averaged over 5 a carry on only 7 rushes. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> the only Carolina Panther that looked good in this one was Greg Olson, who made all eight of his targets, caught all eight of his targets, 105 yards, but didn't score, didn't get in the end zone. That's pretty much all she wrote. I mean, what, what more is to say about this one? The Packers just destroyed the Carolina Panthers, and they're really playing major league football right now. They are, they are really playing awesome. Julius Peppers with a sack and a half. He's uh, he's certainly certainly showing signs over there. Uh, he's really picking it up, Julius Peppers. Still showing signs that he can still play this game. All of us talking about, ah, he's past his prime, this and that. Sure looked good against us, and he looked good against Carolina today as well. He's looked good pretty much the whole year, to be quite honest with you. Ha ha, Clinton Dix with seven tackles in this game. I mean, he's looking like a nice rookie in Green Bay. Seven solo tackles for ha ha, Clinton Dix. <laughs> yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Latroy Guyans, but full-time player there, and people making fun of that. But he's been holding his own as well. That was my guy, Latroy Guyon, number 98 for Minnesota. I do miss him. Oh, yeah, I do. It just sucks that uh, sucks seeing him go somewhere else and play better than he did here because he didn't play very good this last year and a half or so here in Minnesota. About the last two years or so that he was here, not so great. I thought early on back in 08, 09, and 10, he looked, he looked solid. But really 11, 12, 13, eh, not so much. Not so much. Let's move on. Let's. Why do I sit here and yabber on about this game? Even though Carolina, amazingly, is leading the NFC South. Because the NFC South is struggling right now. Detroit Lions defeating the struggling New Orleans Saints. They lose by one point on the last play of the game. Sound familiar? Detroit Lions are 5-2. 5-2. Detroit scoring 14 points. Yep, 14 points down the stretch in that fourth quarter. Two touchdown passes, one with 338 remaining and another with 148 remaining. Detroit Lions getting the job done. Shocking the New Orleans Saints at home. The, uh, the, the Detroit Lions were at home in Ford Field. Able to finish the job. New Orleans Saints, kind of all, they, these teams are kind of similar, at least offensively. Like I was saying, Detroit and um, Buffalo are similar defensively. You know, well, they're similar offensively, and it's not just because Reggie Bush is on Detroit. They're just similar. They play a similar style for the most part, especially when what's-his-name isn't playing, uh, Mr. Megatron, which he missed another week. That guy is not having a good year, is he, due to injuries. Uh, It's been nonstop. Golden Tate, wow. (laughs) What a game for him. Ten catches, 154 yards, and a touchdown. Corey Fuller, yeah, Corey Fuller, remember that name, <laughs> in Minnesota long ago, but obviously as a cornerback, and obviously it's a different generation now, <laughs> Corey Fuller with a touchdown as well in this one, Detroit Lions getting the job done late, Corey Fuller and Golden Tate helping the, well, Tate first, Fuller second, helping the Detroit Lions finish the job, and, and later on they shut down the New Orleans Saints, Matthew Stafford, solid game for the most part, but two interceptions again. Two interceptions again for Matthew Stafford. Drew Brees, about what you'd expect. Almost 350 yards, a touchdown, and then an interception, unfortunately for him. But a strong game nonetheless. I mean, what more do you really want to say about this one? Other than, well, I mean, other than New Orleans just choked. They didn't get the job done. Uh, The media questioning 
Payton, uh, Payton, uh, Payton Manning. Yeah, that's right. Sean Payton. Sean Payton's late game strategy, and he basically responded about, I guess, the way you'd expect a New Orleans Saints coach <laughs> with, you know, him about the way you'd expect him to respond where basically he's like, I made the decision and that's what it was and all that stuff. Let me finish my question. Be quiet and all that good stuff. Let me finish answering your question. Be quiet. Yeah, well. Okay. I wasn't really too impressed with the way Drew Brees was talking after the <laughs> after he beat the Vikings last time either. Like, that's good football. <laughs> Just the way he was saying it. I hate that organization. I can't. I'll never cheer for the Saints to win a single game. I don't care if it's against Green Bay. Yeah, I will never cheer for that franchise until Drew Brees and Sean Payton are out are out of that organization. And I mean, both of them have to be gone before I will even slightly consider cheering for them against anybody, including the Packers. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I have enough disdain for the New Orleans Saints. I would cheer for the Packers over the Saints. Disagree with me until you're blue in the face. I don't give a damn. That's right. I don't give a damn. <laughs> okay. Maybe you don't either. Detroit Lions give a damn, though, and they're 5-2. and two, And they are in first place in this division because, remember, they beat the Packers earlier this season. That's right. The Detroit Lions lead this division, and that's right. Jim Schwartz is on the Buffalo sideline. Not the Minis- not not the Detroit sideline, not the Detroit sideline. No. Before I talk about the Chicago game, which they did not win, that game went <laughs> pear shaped for them. Got to make got to mention this. How disappointed I am to see this <laughs> for you, Vince Germano. I'm disappointed for you. What the heck? They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars, so the Jaguars will not be the second 0-16 team. But they might be uh, they might be one of the few one in fifteens. That's how bad they are. Twenty four to six victory over the Cleveland Browns in Jacksonville, Florida today. Ouch! That can't be good. That can't be good. No, the Cowboys are six and one as well. That's uh, getting weird. Arizona keeps playing well. Really unhappy with San Francisco against Denver tonight. <laughs> really, really, really unhappy with that one. Very Green Bay versus Minnesota like in Lambeau Field this year. In fact, eerily similar with the scores. Let's just leave that alone. I don't even really want to go there. San Diego can't finish Kansas City at home? What the hell? Huh. Oh, yeah, and I'll get to that topic later, too. I'm just seeing that New York Jets logo flash on the screen. Yep, and I'll, and I'll get to that in the next segment. Of course I'm going to get to that. <laughs> New York New York Jets. Yeah, New York Jets. Uh, fairly significant uh, topic in the in the fan interaction. Figure I'll save it for that. Mm-hmm. Fairly interesting, uh, fairly interesting topic. Okay, Buffalo, or Buffalo, <laughs> Miami, Chicago, and yeah, I'm just out of it. I don't know what the hell. These, these losses are just, they're, they're getting to me, man. Games like today are getting to me. And when it's nice outside, and you're glued to the TV set because you you know, it's a close game. You want to win so bad. You're hoping for the best. Or like last week, the Vikings were at least within striking distance. And they don't win. And it's just it's just lame. The, the way they don't win is just lame as hell. Yeah, I mean, it, it's getting to me. And that's what might, might be why my voice and my... The way I'm talking lately. I, don't, I mean, I, I don't even sound sharp right now because I'm frustrated. I probably don't even sound sharp to you right now. And I do apologize for that. I'm frustrated and disoriented from... This team, the way they're playing, it's just like it's it's getting to me. 
it, it's really getting to me more than I more than I'm used to actually because uh, you get your hopes up about certain things and it's but then it's like reality sets in and it's like you got to realize how how raw this Teddy Bridgewater is and but also you got to realize how awful that offensive line is and how they're not going to do no favors for nobody. Okay, Miami Chicago. You notice how the last game review was really long, and it was longer than the last few have been, at least five to ten minutes longer, because it was that kind of game, very emotional. Almost no notes going into this one, because it was this is a raw emotion type of show this time around, and yet my emotions subdued a bit, because I'm just kind of, I don't know, I'm kind of like all over the place right now, not feeling good about this, it's just sickening. I'm sure the Bears are sick about this one too, but hey, it, it, it happens. <laughs> They're sick about the fact that they just sucked. <clears throat> Talks about the Chicago Bears. There was a lot of screaming and yelling in the locker room after this one. A 27-14 victory for the Miami Dolphins in Soldier Field. Uh-huh. Oh my God! Pretty bad loss. That's a That's a pretty bad loss. Miami back to 500 though, and good for them. Good for them indeed. Go Dolphins. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see them do well, but boy, this is a this is a bad loss for Chicago. And barring some type of turnaround, un, unexpected, unexpected. See, look at me. I can't even talk, and it's just annoying. It's annoying me. I hope it's not annoying you. Uh, it probably is. Twenty, just to see them just get crushed at home like this, and then they're now three and four on the year. This isn't the first frustrating loss for the Chicago Bears, by the way. No. Can you believe this team beat the 49ers? In week two? Can you believe it? But then again... Oh, actually, no, they didn't beat the 49ers, did they? That's the funny part. They almost beat them. <laughs> uh, no, they did beat them. I'm, I'm going crazy. Yeah, they did beat them. <laughs> Duh. No, they did beat them. I'm just goofing around with you right now. It's just the fact that this team did beat the 49ers, and then you turn around, now the 49ers suck tonight against San Francisco after a very nice surge after losing to Chicago. 49ers wake up and start playing good football. The Bears look so strong, look like front runners in this division. Now the 3-4, and four, they look like crap. <laughs> the Bears look awful. They suck, and they're not getting along. Jim Tristman, happy trails to you. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised, man. Look at that. There's two gyms in this division. And there were two gyms last year, too. It's Mr. Schwartz. But who cares about that? Um, but, man, both of them were pretty uh, disappointing last year, to be quite honest. Bears are disappointing this year. There were some people that thought this Bears team was going to the Super Bowl this year. And if they're going to the Super Bowl, i got a bridge to sell you. I mean, there, there's no way the Chicago Bears are going to any Super Bowl. Their defense looks bad. Their offense is a mess. They stink. The Bears stink right now. They were able to score a touchdown, making it 24-14, midway through the fourth quarter. That's how bad it was for the Chicago Bears. Only 7.38 remaining in the game. 24-7? Really? Miami was up 24-7, midway through the fourth quarter. At home, in Soldier Field versus the Chicago Bears. This is uh, not one they're going to want to remember. And uh, the rest of their season, very much uh, 
Ooh boy. I mean, 83% of 83% of you out there on Yahoo picked the Bears to win this game. 83%. Might as well have been 83% Miami because they just walked all over the Chicago team. I don't think anybody really understands what's understands what's going on here. Jay Cutler, mediocre as always. Under two under 200 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Oh, and by the way, he also lost a fumble in this one. Yikes, man. I mean, I, I don't think anybody likes Jay Cutler right now in Chicago, except probably Jay Cutler. I think I think he likes himself. But also that Bears defense, sucky. Tannehill completing almost 80% of his passes. Quarterback rating about 124. Stomped those Bears, man. Just stomped them. Two touchdown passes very early for Tannehill, by the way. That's all he wound up with. But man, oh man, oh man. The Dolphins looked, looked like... Um, Looked much more like the playoff team I was predicting earlier in the season. We'll see if they can maintain it. The Bears. I thought they were going to the playoffs too. Yikes. I don't know. This is this, These are the two six seeds, to be quite honest with you. NFC and, and AFC that I predicted this year. I don't know if either one of them is going to make it, but it sure looks like Miami's more likely to make it. At least as of today. But watch, next week Miami will suck and get killed. And the Bears will have their best game of the year. That's what kind of season it's been. San Francisco looks good, they get killed. Then they look bad, then they look great. Then they look and then they get killed again. The only team that's been semi-consistent, I guess, is Minnesota. <laughs> not scoring points, not protecting the quarterback, and not making key stops late in the game. That's that's pretty consistent. Yeah, feels good, doesn't it? Well, speaking of a team not making stops, that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At least the last several weeks. <laughs> How about them Bucks? How about them? They were able to have the bye this week. After uh, getting throttled. I mean, they've at least had two two games this year where they looked like god-awful. And I mean god-awful. <laughs> oh, man, that is a... I mean, to think you're losing a game 56 nothing at one point. I mean, I, I don't even know how that's possible that you could be that bad. The Bucks, 56-0 at one point, and then last week throttled again. It's a great team. Go Bucks. They're just, they're just awesome. So the Vikings head to Tampa Bay for a noon start. Oh, boy, that team sucks. 1-5 <laughs> on the season, and yes, they did have the bye this past week. 48 last week. Heck, they give up 37 in New Orleans the week before that. Ooh, they were able to stifle Pittsburgh, keeping them down to 24 points in week four. 24 points. 27-24. That was their only win this year. Believe it or not, their first two games, though, Carolina and St. Louis, kept Carolina down to 20, kept St. Louis down to 19, but still lost both of them. But then the floodgates opened. Huh. 56 against Atlanta. Remember that? It was like, yep, Atlanta Falcons are for real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, outside of that one Pittsburgh game since then, the, the Bucks have been pretty much averaging about 43 points <laughs> allowed. Here we go, Teddy Bridgewater. Is this a chance? Oh, and by the way, Teddy Bridgewater from the Miami area. Not Tampa. It was around, he's from Miami. Not Tampa. But still, it's Florida. Hey, it's Florida. The defense really sucks, regardless if they're at home or away. That Baltimore game was at home for uh, Tampa. Though their other two really ugly losses were on the road. But then again, even the, the New Orleans game wasn't ugly. But they did give up a lot of points. And they choked. 
They choked in that game, and that's on them for doing that. Follow that up with it. Just a throttling from Baltimore. So what can the Vikings do? Can the Vikings take advantage of this awful defense? Or or are we going to see images of Leslie Frazier on the sidelines folding his arm and kind of have that stern look on his face and that's about all you're going to see out of, out of Leslie Frazier if the Bucks are getting crushed or if, the, or if they're crushing us or they're shutting us down. Yeah, you're just going to see, that's all you're going to see out of the statue over there. Leslie the statue. Not that that matters that much. But still, it'll be annoying to look at if the Buccaneers actually look like a, defen- a decent defensive team for, for once this season outside of the Pittsburgh game. Ugh. Will that happen? Or will the Vikings offense show something here? I think Minnesota wins this one, guys. And if they don't, board it up. Board it up. You know, let's let's get the tanks out. Let's uh, Let's tank the season. You're going to see the, the logo, the, the tank logo again on the website. <laughs> let's just tank the season and let's get an offensive line in here. Let's, uh, let's do a reverse Herschel Walker. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. Don't even bring that up to me anymore. At least we did a reversal Percy Harvin. <gasps> Ooh, well, kind of. But then again, that guy's not looking too good either. The guy we got for uh, Percy Harvin with other draft picks. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. It doesn't look like a good trade for Seattle, by the way. No. No, it doesn't. Uh, they wound up with a mid-round pick. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to that later, but ooh, I'm breaking news, aren't I? Breaking news is Minnesota's actually going to score some points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's the breaking news. That's, that's, that's the good part. Mike Glennon has been respectable for the most part this season as a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's been all right. He's been alright, but that defense, for the most part, has sucked so bad all season. It's like, Teddy Bridgewater, go to town. This is it. Go to town, Teddy. You want a little confidence boost? You're going down to AAA this week, you know? Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, let's just pretend he's one of those, like, potential ace pitchers of the future for the Twins. So they sent him down to Florida. They sent him down to Florida. Not quite the Rochester Rockcats, but Florida. You know, send him down to Double A. Have him work on his game a little bit with Doug Mankiewicz. Yeah, Doug Mankiewicz. <laughs> yeah, this is it, Tampa Bay. This is this is this is this is the minor leagues. You know, when it comes to defense. So again, watch watch them hold the Vikings to ten points. Watch, just watch. <laughs> but if this defense is what we think it is, they are who we thought they were. <laughs> If they are who we thought they were, the Minnesota Vikings should score 30-plus points in this game. Yeah! Yeah, I think the Vikings are going to score 31 points in this one. I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to look way better. You did see mental toughness out of Teddy Bridgewater today, despite the fact he was on his back, he was on his stomach, he was on the ground a lot, unfortunately. But he didn't lose a fumble. Oh God! If I see any type of if I see a massive pass rush or or interceptions in this game by the Bucks, I'm telling you, board up that freaking board up the the TCF bank, or at least just leave it for the Gophers and just just sit out the rest of the year, huh? <laughs> Tampa Bay's offense scares me a little bit. I mean, they're they're not they're not that bad. The uh, the offense. I mean, Mike Glennon is all right. He's all right. Seven touchdowns, three interceptions on the year. Quarterback rating in the mid 80s, not bad. 
The running the running backs are uh, below average for the most part. Bob Rainey's or Bobby Rainey's actually not doing bad, but he's nothing amazing. He's been above average at times. Uh, Vincent Jackson's their star receiver still. He's getting a bit up there in years, but he, he's having an okay year for the most part. About 350 yards, two touchdowns. Their offense doesn't scare me that much, but then again, it's just like the Vikings defense has been, um, well, it's been good, but not clutch late in games. That's where the frustration comes in for the most part. But uh, Tampa Bay does get a couple sacks along the way, but Gerald McCoy with two sacks. Michael Johnson, remember that name. Vikings are trying to get him from uh, Cincinnati with two sacks. But nobody really standing out for the Bucks in that category. Um, three, Four interceptions on the year. Two of them to Danny Lanzana and Altron Werner. That's a very familiar name. The Vikings were after him. And Jonathan Banks also getting one this season. Both of those interceptions by Lanzana, though, were touchdowns. They were they were pick sixes, and he's deflected four passes as well. So having a he's having a nice year. He's the one guy I guess for Vikings to be afraid of. I mean, I suppose. I mean, you think Eltron Werner and this Lansana guy, they'd be playing a little better. But as we know, the Tampa two sucks, <laughs> and there's not much you can do about that if you're a Buccaneers fan. Um, or a Buccaneer in general. The Tampa 2 sucks. Lovey Smith and Leslie Frazier, um, they may not survive after this season, to be quite honest with you. I would be, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually were let go at the end of this year. But why drag this out any longer? This is a huge opportunity for Teddy Bridgewater to light up this, this crappy defense. It's an opportunity. Light them up. Let's score 41 points against these Bucks, but I'll keep it to 31. It It is on the road, and it is Leslie Frazier. He he knows the Vikings a little teeny-piny bit, even though he didn't uh, coach Teddy Bridgewater. Not that he would coach him if he was the coach anyway, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, if he, I'm just taking a shot at him. But um, this is a huge opportunity for the Vikings, or for Teddy Bridgewater, to... You know, to pad the stats a bit. To get the confidence up. Throw for some 300 yards. Three touchdowns. Maybe two. I'll say he throws for two. And you're going to see a touchdown on the ground. Possibly Jarek McKinnon. Or Matt Asiata more likely. Because that's more his thing. The goal line. But I think you'll see two uh, two touchdown passes. You'll see your first multi-touchdown pass game. For uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Hopefully not a turnover, but then again, the way it's been going, well, don't be surprised if there's one, but only one, only one. I'll say he throws one, but he throws two touchdowns and approximately, approximately 300 yards. The Vikings score 31 points. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well, can they score in this game? Can they? Their scoring has been decent at times. I mean, at times, I'm going to say... 31, Minnesota 31, Tampa Bay 21. I think the Vikings have a 10-point victory in Tampa Bay. Nice little confidence boost. Get get us up to 3-5. and five. Tampa Bay down to 2-6. 31-21. Teddy Bridgewater looks solid in this one. At least two touchdowns. He'll have, more inter, he'll have more touchdowns than interceptions in this game. That's the key stat here. Two touchdowns, one interception, or zero for Teddy Bridgewater. And approximately... 300 yards, so somewhere near it. Maybe a little below, maybe a little over, but he'll be right around there. Um, 
If the Vikings force turnovers like they did today, this could be one of those routes. This could be an, a huge route for the Vikings, a 40-point game, maybe like the Atlanta game. That'd be awesome. And like I said, if the Vikings lose this one, forget about it. Board up. TCF, tank the season, <laughs> get the best offensive line, and get the right one this time with maybe a new general manager in position. Or let's just trade for Percy Harvin. Yeah, maybe he'll be happy with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Let's uh, let's let Teddy Bridgewater, or let's let uh, Percy Harvin go scream out the uh, quarterbacks over in New York. Or scream out the coach. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. We'll talk about that in the next segment. And we'll take a call right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Contact us and support Purple Mafia by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. Call for Joey and Purple Mafia. Hey, Joey. Yeah, the reason I was delayed in trying to call, seeing if I could call last week as I was working at the game, but hey, whatever. It's all good, my man. Um, during today's games. Man, it probably doesn't help when, it probably does not help that Sullivan and Ducasse were both out for most of the game, but still. Come on, offensive line. Wake the hell up. I don't think that this promising rookie quarterback killed and go make him gun shy to the point where a year or two down the road, let's start all over with another rookie quarterback. And good lord. Come on. Figure something out, Vikings. Well, Maybe instead of looking at guys like Todd Gurley and what's his name, Amir Abdullah from Nebraska, another running back in the first round, maybe build up the line, see what McKinnon can do next year, and let's play. Anyways, I'm out. This team is enough to make you drink some days. But, I'm a Viking fan. I'm used to it, I guess. Catch you later, Joey. Goodbye. Good work. Keep the good work, man. Bye. And I thank you for that call, Brent. And yes, welcome everyone to the <laughs> fan interaction segment. I always like to open up with the calls, so it's a good way to do it. Totally understand the whole situation last week. You were a bit busy to call in too early. And yeah, I do encourage listeners to call in. 
to the phone line pretty much right about when the game ends because I prefer to record on Sunday nights and that way it gives Dylan time to get the call to me because the call goes to Dylan Richardson to his email and then he's able to forward it to me uh, when he can. And I do like to record Sunday nights because of my schedule, my situation. I can't record Monday nights anymore. So and I'm often working till midnight on Monday nights. Uh, you don't expect me to come home and record at like 1 a.m., do you? Come on now, guys. Come on now. No, I'm kidding. And sometimes Tuesdays, possibly, but then again, that can drag and it's hard. And I don't get home till almost 11 some nights. That's that's tough. I mean, I I can do it, but don't like to type of thing. But uh, you get the idea. Thank you very much for calling and welcome back to the show. Uh, great to hear your voice again, Brent and Sullivan Ducasse Vlad. Bad Vlad, Vlad, bad, whatever the heck he is. <laughs> Vlad Ducasse. Um, frustrating. Frustrating situation with the offensive line with the injuries and also the horrible play. Yeah, I mean, totally. It's kind of like, where do you turn? Uh, there's nowhere to turn other than, I guess, the draft and hopefully free agency to hope to improve the uh, situation on the offensive line. I mean, the Vikings certainly helped the defensive line signing Linval Joseph in the offseason. Hopefully we can have a similar type of signing in the offseason on the offensive side of the ball because, well, I mean, you can find some good linemen in the draft. Of course you can, but of late, it's uh, been pretty slim pickings. Lodeholt was good in his first year. Really, ever since, not so much. Not so much. Sounds familiar for uh, Matt Khalil. Sounds very familiar. The only one who's been consistent has been Sullivan, and he's not that great. I mean, he's good, but he's not that great. And now he's... Now he's had a concussion. Dikasi or hurt as well. But everybody basically crossed the Viking fan line. Regardless if you're from Minnesota or God knows where. Nobody's been happy with Vlad Dikasi. I mean, heck, nobody really knew who he was. <laughs> Until basically the 53-man roster was set. None of us really knew who he was. And if you did, yeah, sure you did. <laughs> Very unlikely. There's a lot of, there's a, I know there's a lot of experts out there. A lot of keyboard experts out there that will be like, oh, he doesn't know who that is. <laughs> One star rating for him. Nobody knew who he was coming into the preseason. Whatever. Kiss my ass if you have a problem with that. So, ooh, I said it. Yeah, I did. Um, well, there were a couple of nice, uh, where were they? There we go. A couple of posts uh, at the end of last week. Because, I mean, I recorded so early last week. Due to my scheduling situation, I missed out on some nice posts, so I'll get to them really quick uh, from the Detroit game. Just a couple, so bear with me. I'm going to try to go as quickly as I can here. Um, but yeah, looking to the draft, possibly, yeah, I mean, that may be where it's headed, Brent. And again, thank you very much for the call. Really appreciate it. Always welcome on board. Gerald String saying, I was taught the four keys to winning football games. One, be able to run the ball. Two, stop the run. Three, pressure the quarterback. Four, don't turn the ball over. That's Sounds about right, and the Vikings kind of did a lot of that today, didn't they? And, uh, well, they didn't really stop the run that much, and but still, whatever. Ugh. I don't know, that would go with today. Yeah, the, this was the Detroit game, but it actually would apply to today as well. <laughs> and obviously every week, but the Vikings look good in those. Okay, to get to the point, Gerald saying, you will be in every game, you definitely or you will be in every game you can effectively, if you can effectively do all four. I thought we did okay at stopping the run and putting some pressure on Stafford. Run game's pretty anemic last two games, and yeah, we are turning the ball over way too much lately. Yep. 
Yeah, and it certainly didn't help today either because how Buffalo score their uh, score their touchdown in that second pre- second quarter. Joe Rainin saying Gerald String three letters P F M. <laughs> Purple bleeping mafia, maybe. Hmm, not sure if that's what he meant, but maybe. And uh, hopefully you like it. Kim Cross saying I'm I'm a fan, not a diehard fan. Or not a diehard one. If so, if I miss seeing a game, no biggie. But this season, I've been watching them. It's like a train wreck. It just keeps getting worse as the weeks go by. People can blame it on the legal and injury issues, but not one of two players makes a team. They are not high school or college players. They are professional players, and being paid quite handsomely too to play each week. If you're a fan or not, people are starting to have a hard time with him getting a new stadium. Oh, sure, the first year or two attendance will be good, like the Twins with their stadium. But the past year, they haven't been able to get a sellout crowd consistently. I, too, wish that I'd spend yesterday outside. Mm-hmm. I understand you. Mark Carlson wrapping up this section. Said, just wasted another nice Sunday afternoon. You know what? Detroit was beatable. Yeah, because we kept him to 17, Mark, yeah. <laughs> but as beatable as they were, the Vikings were even more losable. What is with all the penalties, and how come the O-line can't slow down the Lion Rush? Not to mention turnovers. Let's pick up the pieces. Hope that this game experience will help build a better team for tomorrow. Skull Vikings, Mark from Iowa. And I lie, there's one other one. Um, Malcolm, yeah, there we go. Malcolm was saying, I thought, the, I thought the same thing. It was a crappy game offensively. RD actually kept giving us a chance, but we blew it. Yeah. Yep, thank you very much for that, Malcolm. Yeah, I almost missed his post. Yep, always love to hear from Malcolm. So, definitely had to get back to that. Because I didn't want to think I skipped you guys out. So, that's why I jumped back to that. I apologize for some of you out there that might be like, why did you, you go back to last week? So, I apologize so now on to the news that broke during the course of the week. The Seattle Seahawks traded Percy Harvin to the New York Jets for a conditional pick. Has Seattle gotten sick of Percy already? And this was just Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I think Seattle did get sick of Percy already. Yes, they did. Todd Grunlian saying everyone gets sick of Percy. Matthew Kyle out of Maine simply saying LOL. Todd continuing saying he played football in in a high school located about five miles from my house in Virginia Beach. He had he had a reputation of being a poor sport with a heck of a lot of talent. That sounds about right. <laughs> oh, gosh. And God rest those Baltimore Orioles, unfortunately. Todd, that stinks. I really wish they were able to do more. I mean, uh... Every game was close, and Kansas City won all of them. Kansas City Royals onto the World Series. San Francisco Giants, it seems like if they make the playoffs, they win the World Series. So don't be surprised if the Giants end Kansas City's little run there. But you never know. The Royals are undefeated 8-0. So there's your little baseball conversation on Purple Mafia. <laughs> yeah, the last time I talked about... Well, I mean, sometimes I talk about it when it's this time of year. You're on Purple Mafia. Pretty much only on this show, but versus the other three, four shows I do. No, no, two or three shows. Yep, three shows I do. I need to get back to Brave the Wild, by the way. Keep an eye out for that, those of you out there that might be wondering where the heck that is. Oh, boy. Mark Carlson said, when you are gifted but don't appreciate it, you can easily think it's all about you. Yep. 
Dave Hickey, also out of Iowa, saying Percy has been a headache since he's been in the league. He's got his... Oh, yeah, I hate this part. Yep, he's got his ring, so I'm sure he's a real horse's ass. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, he is a horse's ass, by the way. I'm uh, not happy with old Percy. No, not happy with the Percy Harvin at all. No. Um, Malcolm saying, at least the Jets don't give a rat's ass about how their players act. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are you guys are feeding off each other, and it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, the Jets. That is, uh, if there's a team in the NFL, see, a lot of people were thinking, Seattle, you know? You got, uh, you got Pete Carroll, who's like, the players' coach of players' coaches, you know he could he could get Percy Harvin to cooperate and work with the team. He's the nicest guy ever with to the players, not to other people necessarily, but to the players. They all just adore Pete Carroll. How could Percy Harvin not fit in that locker room where they all love each other, peace, love, and happiness, all that good stuff? Oh, and by the way, Seattle, you know, you know, in Washington, you know, marijuana's legal, and Percy Harvin's really a big big into that marijuana thing and all that good stuff. You know, so how could he not fit into Seattle? Well, he must have played like about five games for the Seahawks because he was hurt all of last year, and I, I don't even know what he played this year. So whatever. I mean, the hell with that guy. <laughs> they got rid of him just like that. I mean, they, he barely even played there, and they were like, "Get this sob out of here. He's poison." So he goes to the Jets, where it's basically poison everywhere. I mean, maybe they're poison ivy because it's green. Oh, I, I don't know what the hell. Uh, you know, the green uniforms, but that was kind of lame. Um, that whole team has kind of been toxic for the for pretty much forever. So, yeah, good luck. Good luck there. Yeah, I mean, that whole team has been like that pretty much for the last eight years or so, ever since Rex Ryan's been there. They started so good, and they looked so good, and they was talented, but, you know, talented, but malcontent type, type of guys out, over there, like, out of control, almost thuggy-like type players. And then you bring in Percy Harvin. Sounds good to me. Vikings versus Buffalo in-game threat. Gonna leave that alone because it is what it is. So now we need the post-game threat here. Viking versus Buffalo Bills post-game threat. Swearing permitted and understandable because uh, the way that game finished. Todd Vandermeer. Uh, actually, there's a couple more before him. Yeah, but then we'll get to Todd. Don't worry, Todd. We're coming back to you. Just want to get this. Uh, man, okay. Brett McCarthy saying offensive line sucks. <laughs> Stephen A. Smith saying, I guess not being behind for 59 minutes and 59 seconds should be a moral victory? Nah. Yeah. That's a. Uh, you know, that might be a star candidate because think about it. The Vikings led the entire way. Yeah. Yeah, they led the whole way. At least. Ever since they took that 3 nothing lead, it was the first time the Vikings led in a football game since the Atlanta game. Since the fourth quarter of the Atlanta game when they scored that touchdown to go ahead. Yeah, it's been a while since the Vikings led in a single bleeping game. They led the whole way and didn't win. Yeah, that's a star candidate, Steven. It is. Brett McCarthy saying, like the way the defense played, but they can't be on the field that long. Turner needs to get the O-line into shape. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Possible star candidate. That's kind of like on the outside, but possible. Um, and I said, for the record, I'm not impressed with Cordero Patterson at all right now. I'm really starting to not like him. Yeah, like I said earlier, 
Now I will shut up and let you guys comment. What was I going to say? Uh, yeah, I said, I wish the defense looks better, but still you have to finish it. Brett McCarthy saying, finish, right you are. He has done nothing the last three games. Barr is going to be a stud. Yep. When he says he has done nothing, that being Cordero, Barr is going to be a stud. Uh, Todd Grunlian saying, it almost seems like the Vikings lost this game on purpose. And I have the same thoughts about CP, that being Cordero Patterson. <clears throat> It's like he isn't even in the game. Prediction. Vikings win just, yep, Vikings win just enough this year to screw up a good draft pick. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's pretty much how it's been forever. Except the 3-13 and year, but no, we screwed up that one too. Oh, we did. Oh, we did. Oh, we did. And boy, we looked like geniuses. You know, we traded for... We traded down because, you know, the Browns wanted Trent Richardson so bad. And, you know, they wound up with a running back that didn't do Jack, 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 you know what, in the league. And they ended up trading him for almost nothing to the Colts. That sounds kind of familiar in a way, just not quite as bad. But similar, the Viking way the Vikings just got rid of Herschel Walker for nothing. <laughs> not quite as bad, though. And, of course, uh, Matt Khalil's not making you think about uh, three Super Bowl rings, is he? No. He's just, he's just not making us think about that at all. Almighty, I just, uh, I'm just going to cry right now. Malcolm out of California. And Todd, obviously, out of Virginia. Malcolm saying, is Bill Musgrave still our offensive coordinator? Teddy touchdown is now Teddy handoff. <laughs> yep, just like the last game, RD gave us plenty of opportunities, but our offense still sucks. Yeah, it's just... Or is it handoff or dump off, right? There's Teddy dump off too, I, I I guess. I still I'm I still like the way he responded after that second interception though. But after that, yeah yeah, really not, not much going on. Not much going on. No. Malcolm continuing on his next uh, line here saying we all knew what would happen when they got the ball with just over two minutes left. Yep. We are Viking fans for for bleep's sake. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. We. I was a bit worried too. It's like. If the, it would just totally figure. If the Buffalo Bills are able to get down the field. And win the game here. And, and of course they did. Total BS. Todd Vandermeer out of Indiana. Saying is Zimmer the coach we thought he was. <laughs> Doesn't look like he has control of this team. It's time to quit saying they will fix things. It's time to change up personnel, try something else. This team looks like it has no leadership or talent. Start sitting players. Do something. Don't just say they'll work on it. <laughs> was hoping Zimmer was going to have more control of this team, but I guess he don't. Oh, boy, yeah, um, maybe. That could be what's going on. Um, I- I'm not ready to give up on Zimmer in any way. But something's there. There's a disconnect somewhere. Um, it's a good point. That's a good point, Todd. And I do think that is a star candidate um, because it's a good point. It makes people think. It does. Um, there is a disconnect somewhere. Is it the yelling and screaming? Is it? God knows what is it. Is it between other coaches? I don't think that's the problem. But how many times in the past have we been like, man, these are some some legit coaches? And then they just weren't that good. How many times has that happened with other professional teams in this town? Like when the Timberwolves hired Kurt Rambis. And it looked like, wow, we have some great coaches. And then 
that one turned out to be flat out garbage. And then you bring in Rick Adelman, and that turned out to be not as good as we thought. Um, there could be a disconnect somewhere. I think Zimmer's defensive ability as a coach is elite. I, I really do. I mean, it's almost overnight that this defense is way better. When uh, Leslie Frazier was, was a really good defensive coordinator at one point, and the next thing you know, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> nothing but nothing but giving up points, like hopefully they will do in Tampa next week. Tampa, Florida. So let's keep moving. Very uh, good comment there, Todd. Carl O'Neill, who earlier teased me about the uh, Vikings in-game thread because the cell phone screwed up a little bit. Uh, you know how you're trying to, because I wanted to get that on right away. You know, it's like, yes, it's on the game, and I like to type more from the iPad nowadays or the computer when it comes to, like, talking on, on the Twitter and Facebook during the game. But I needed to get that thread up there as soon as possible. And something went wrong, and it didn't go all right. So apologize for that. Carl O'Neill, though, saying, I don't care how great our defense is from quarter, yep, quarter one to two, to two minutes left in the fourth. And those last two minutes is where your mark is made on how good you are. Do you make a play to stop the other team, or are you... On your heels, trying to keep them, trying to keep from losing. This D will continue to suck until they can keep a team from going 80 yards to win the game. Yep, star candidate Carl O'Neill, star candidate again. Uh, hope I can remember all these star candidates. <laughs> no, I will. Um, yep, uh, you got Todd uh, Todd Vandermeer and. Carl O'Neill and, of course, Brett McCarthy had one up there earlier. So there's some star candidates right there, without a doubt. No. Um, no, it was Malcolm. Malcolm was one of the star candidates. Yep. All right. Actually, it was uh, it was Todd. Uh, excuse me, Brett. So now I'll keep moving here. Todd Grunley and saying the O-line screwed the pooch <laughs> on with this, allowing, I don't know, that seems like a bit of typos here. The O-line screwed the pooch, um, allowing back-to-back sacks, there we go, allowing back-to-back sacks, which pushed us away from a touchdown. Yep, 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 we had gotten the touchdown instead of the, had we gotten the touchdown instead of the field goal, we would have won this game, Yep. Jerry Hicks, here we go, out of St. Louis saying, 4th and 20, and they made it look easy. Yeah, it was like a Brett Favre, like, bullet into the numbers. Over to Hogan. Kelly Dalton Garza, maybe a new one on here, saying, uh, play calling stinks, putting it mildly, and Teddy, who was that playing quarterback? <laughs> wow. Jamie Lynn Lane saying, this team has fallen apart ever since AP got in trouble, and it's a shame that his trouble is taking down the team. Mm-hmm. It does suck. Ooh, wow, Janine, yeah, Janine, Janine Deitz out of also out of Virginia saying, "I just dropped Cordero for my fantasy team. He's not cutting it." Wow. Yep. I would agree with that move actually, or at minimum, at minimum, put him on the bench. Like, yeah, he shouldn't be starting. That's for sure. He's not getting you anything right now. The guy is pissing me off, Cordell Patterson. And I think he's pissing off, pissing off Coach Zimmer as well. I don't think there's any doubt about that. People are getting tired of him right now. And it's too bad. 
uh, he, he's bound to break through at some point. Brian Brewer saying I was screaming, I was screaming, cover Sammy both on third and 12, on the third and 12 conversion and the game losing score. Yep, Sammy Watkins, yep. With both Jackson and Spiller out, was it really that hard to figure out who you had to give extra attention to? Wasn't the third and 12 conversion a freaking clue for the last score? This isn't brain surgery. That's a star candidate, Mr. Brian Brewer. Welcome aboard, by the way. If that's your first post, I believe it, it could be and it may be. Mark Carlson, who's definitely not uh, not new to this page anymore. He was new about two years ago. <laughs> he said, hello, Purple Mafia. I could not see the game today. I was away. I did see part of the third quarter. I listened on AM 570 while I could. I don't have any specific thoughts related to today's game, but hoping the players wake up. I hope they see that they are in charge of their play individually, and that always affects team play and game outcome. In short, I want better blocking starting right now. Better ball control, and for God's sakes, let's put some D on our defense, as in capital D on our defense. Skull, Mark from Iowa. Thank you very much for that. Very good thoughts indeed, and... Uh, Totally understand that you're, you're, we were busy and unable to watch this one. It was uh, definitely a much better game than we've seen the past couple weeks. It's just the finish is the part that sucked, without a doubt. So onto the Twitter. That was, of course, the Facebook page. If I rudely didn't even mention that, I'm pretty sure I did. Onto the Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show. Going to get some good ones in here. Slightly quieter than la- the last couple weeks, but that's totally fine with me. For the sake of time and such. Um, Teddy has been awful so far. This being from Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland. <laughs> Teddy's been awful so far. Ponder MK2. Uh-oh. I hope not, right? <laughs> the O-line taking a beating. What's worrying is 11 yards passing. Yeah, because I saying how Teddy Bridgewater's worrying me with these interceptions. And eventually, we were talking about how, yep, not only did Teddy Bridgewater throw a touchdown pass, but it was to Cordero Patterson. It's like, what a connect, what a nice combination there. And Dave's saying, okay, so it's not Ponder and MK2. Uh, he says, gotta like what Zimmer has done with the D and a bit of life in the O. Could we get a win? Yeah. We were hoping for that, weren't we? We're almost wrapping up here. Um, Dave Martin saying, gotta love Zimmer's defense. We are jinxed, unreal. Here we go. Now we're into the post game. Dave saying we are jinxed, unreal. Two and four, but the Taints, that being the Saints, lost. That makes it a little better. Another season in the crapper. I'm pissed off. Yep, totally understand. There, it's it's headed that way. It's not quite in the crapper yet. We're two and five, actually. By the way, yep, two and five. Uh, it's really frustrating, without a doubt. Justin in Rochester at Jday underscore twenty four. Definitely a. Uh, Good one here. He's saying, if it wasn't abundant, abundantly obvious, I'm back off the Greenway bandwagon. <laughs> Damn well better be his last year here. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think it's. I, I think Greenway should be out of here. Yes, it's. Um, he's had his time, and he, he's had some moments, but overall, he's been a frustrating player. I think he was never quite that first-round pick type of talent that he was taking. And, of course, an ACL before you play a single down in the NFL doesn't help, unfortunately. 
as remember he was hurt in the preseason back in good old 2006. <laughs> good old 2006, as if that was the good old days. Man, I was already 27 years old. <laughs> Jeez, we're getting old, aren't we, Justin? Mm-mm-mm. Yes, we are. Both of us are. Doggone it. And everybody's getting old in their own way, aren't they? Oh, really good, uh, really good thoughts there. That's a star candidate from Justin in Rochester. So, shall we, uh, shall we get to the uh, Fran Tarkington Award? Wrap this thing up. Fran Tarkington to Vars Jackson Memorial and pass out the stars for the fan interaction. Yeah, let's do that. Let's wrap this show up here, right here and now, with such Fran Tarkington Award. Should be, a, should be a pretty strong one here. Linval Joseph will get an honorable mention, but the winner is Everson Griffin. Three sacks all over the place today. Awesome job. Really, really pressuring that quarterback and Kyle Orton. Yeah, uh, that's how you win football games. That's how you win football games is you pressure that quarterback. Unfortunately, nobody was pressuring him down the stretch, but still, Everson Griffin was pretty close to helping us win this football game today. Pretty damn close along the way. Unfortunately, the offense couldn't score and give us a, a better lead. Might have wrapped things up. So, uh, Everson Griffin gets that award before I rabble too much longer. Tavares Jackson Memorial, it's got to be Matt Khalil again. I mean, Matt Khalil, non-factor, blocking for Teddy Bridgewater. Joe Berger's finally out there at center. Uh, no, you don't want him at center because, I mean, Sullivan's out. You'd rather have him at, at guard. <laughs> or tackle or whatever, because he's one of those versatile linemen. Extremely versatile, by the way. A lot like some of the guys we had back in the old days, like uh, uh, Everett Lindsay, I believe, back in the old days. He was very versatile. I still remember that way back in the late 90s. That's what uh, Berger has become for the Vikings nowadays. Um, um, ultimately, yeah, it's going to Khalil. So let's pass out the stars, yep. And enough of the Tavares Jackson Memorial, soon to be Christian Ponder, but it has to be players that are no longer on the current roster to be a part of the award ceremonies for good or bad reasons. The gold star for this episode, I'm going to give it to Brian Brewer, and I hope you're a listener. That's the one thing I'm always worried about when you come in from, uh, when, when you give somebody new yeah, I'm always hoping they're a listener, but he's going to get the gold star this week. It was pretty awesome when he was talking about screaming cover that Sammy Watkins on 3rd and 12 and such. You know, and it's it's nice to give it to somebody new, too. So Brian Brewer is going to get the gold star for this week right out of the gate, right out of the gate. Maybe he's been listening for years and he's just posting for the first time, but uh, either way, congratulations, Brian. Silver star is going to go to Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Very good one when he said he guessed not being uh, fifty being ahead for fifty nine minutes fifty nine seconds should be a moral victory. Nah, <laughs> yeah, that's a silver star. Um, he's going to be tied with Todd Vandermeer for a silver star in this one. No, tied with Carl O'Neill for silver star. Todd Todd Vandermeer will get the bronze star for this episode. Very strong comments by all four members here. Carl O'Neill and Stephen A. Smith tied for silver, and Todd Vandermeer with an extremely strong bronze star. I mean, it could almost be just three silvers and no bronze. That's how good. Uh, that's how good these comments were today. Uh, gold star to Brian Brewer, though. Hopefully, you're listening, and if you are, here is the sound that people like to hear. 
Gold Star, Brian Brewer. And congratulations and welcome to the Purple Mafia family. If you are indeed a listener, please do let me know. And <laughs> there you go. So, like I said earlier, very teeny tiny brief recap. Minnesota will beat Tampa Bay next week. Teddy Bridgewater will look better. Got to take advantage of that awful defense, that awful cover too. Go out there, kick some butt. 31-21, Minnesota over Tampa Bay. It's going to be nice. If, if you live in Minnesota, it's going to be nice and dry and about 60 degrees all week. Oh, my God. Oh, so wonderful. And this last week was such a pleasure. And if you know me on Facebook... And you're more welcome to add me on Facebook as well. If you'd like. Simply, I mean, you want to see how my name is spelled. You can just see it on iTunes or thesportstuff.com. Very, it's not the easiest thing, but once you find it, you'll be okay. You'll be able to figure it out. Look me up. Add me. No problem. Um, but yeah, from what you've seen, though, I've posted all these fall color pictures. I even did that during halftime today. Oh, it's been beautiful. And I'm really looking forward to it this coming week as well. It also makes it quite easy for mulching leaves. For my second job, the lawn service. So, the mulch, I believe, so the fall cleanups later on in November will be much easier. And I will do my best to keep the shows coming in November. I used to have trouble with it in the past, but the last few years, I've been able to get through the whole season without missing a single game. So, amazing. (laughs) Without missing a single show, I'm doing the game review for that. So, very, very fun indeed. Thank all of you for listening. Thank you all so much for your loyalty. Do tell a friend about the show. And please do, if you do like the show and you haven't rated Purple Mafia on iTunes yet, please do. Give me a nice rating. Maybe even write what you like about the show. And you will be mentioned on the show. And you will also get a star, without a doubt. Oh, and by the way, the one that, uh, the star I got, was it last week that I mentioned? That was Gerald String, so thank you very much, buddy. Well-earned silver star <laughs> last week, very much so. Um, he, he, one day he will get a gold star, there's no doubt. He puts out some great takes all the time. I mean, he, he could get a star pretty much just about every week. So good, and thank you so much for listening for as long as you have, apparently. Thanks again, everybody. Do take care, enjoy the nice weather, and, um, well, hope for the best in Tampa.